Hey everyone, and welcome back to Start the Ego, Feed the Soul. I'm your host, Nico Barraza. And if you're a first time listener, I work with individuals, couples, and athletes in one-on-one settings, mostly virtual, to work on relationship with yourself, with others, with your work, and with your profession, whether that be a sport or anything else. So if you're interested in learning more, go to www.nicobarraza.com. I'll throw the link in the show description. Check it out and feel free to send me an email to inquire more or just book a session if you're ready to do that. I'm so excited to talk to this week's guest. I have Amanda McGruan. She is the founder of the Playoff Dating App. That is an app that is focused around current and post-collegiate and professional athletes in the realms of dating and connecting. And when I first heard about this app, I thought it was a, a really interesting idea because a lot of times uh, athletes do want to date other athletes for a bunch of different reasons based on sort of work ethic and the experience with adversity, adversity and just a lot of other reasons why athletes tend to be attracted to other athletes um, as a baseline sort of uh, you know qualification. Uh, and it was really interesting to, to be able to share this time with her to get her perspective on modern dating culture and modern dating apps and where she sees it's going and her plans with playoff and building the sort of broader community. Now, obviously, this app is specifically tailored to post or current collegiate or professional athletes. But I think really the message, the greater message applies to all of us and dating apps in general and our modern dating culture. So I hope you decide to listen to the full episode. I really hope you leave with something from it. And uh, as always, I'll throw the links to everything associated with the guest in the show description, whether that be a link to play off the app or to follow along on social media to see what Amanda is doing with her platform. Uh, Really huge thanks to her for coming on and sharing her time with us. And without further ado, Amanda McGrew. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me on Star of the Ego, Feed the Soul. I've been really looking forward to talk to you. And um, I'm not really sure how I actually came across uh, your app that we're going to talk about, Playoff Dating App. But um, I actually don't know. I think it was maybe a friend of a friend that shared something to me. And and, and they were also like a you know um, post-pro or collegiate athlete. Um, but I really want you to introduce yourself to everyone that's listening out there that's not familiar with your app and, and who you are and how you got into this line of work. Because not many people... People can call themselves, one, a creator of an app, and two, even more so, a creator of a dating app, because there's there's not a ton, right? There's like, you know, I think three or four just come to mind, and there's a lot of smaller ones, but I don't know. It's not like this huge universe of like, you know, thousands of dating apps. So it's quite a niche community, right? How did you get into this work? And and who are you? Where, where do you come from? Yeah, that is definitely true. I feel like now that I've done a little more research, I feel like there's more apps than we think there are, dating apps specifically, but definitely not very many that come to mind. But that, I mean, having said that, that's what makes me so excited about the fact that you heard about it from a friend and it wasn't like me harassing you on the internet trying to get you to to sign up or anything. So that Mm. is amazing. Um, uh, But yes, my name is Amanda McGrew. I am the founder of Playoff Dating App. Playoff is a dating app specifically geared towards college and professional, uh, current or former college and professional athletes. So anybody who played at the, uh, at any level beyond high school. So junior college all the way up, um, for at least one season and everybody on the app is verified. So I think it's a really, a really cool, like you said, niche market that is very specific, um, and very geared towards a certain kind of person. And I feel like, um, Truthfully, it all came about because I was, I think I was 27 or 28 at the time. And I was 
doing all the online dating thing and it had become the way of the world. And I was convinced by other people in my life that there was no other way that I was going to be able to meet somebody. How could I ever think that I might just meet somebody organically in a bar or at the grocery right. store or anything like that? So right. um, it really came based out of need. I felt like I wanted to meet somebody who had that experience that I had, who shared that mindset and perspective. And, you know, I always also say, you know, your athletic experience may have been good or bad. It doesn't mean it was the greatest time of your life, but it most certainly shaped who you are in some way if you competed at that higher level. Um, and so that's really what I was looking for in a partner. Um, and, it, and the first question people ask is, so has it worked for you? And I'm like, well, no, but I'm getting so much more satisfaction in like letting other people meet each other and right. connecting other people and creating those lasting relationships. So we're still out there, but it is so much more gratifying to me to be able to connect people from across the world who probably would have never met otherwise. I love that it started as this sort of like, I really want to meet someone for myself. And now it's blossomed into this like philanthropic <laughs> community of trying to connect right. athletes together, right? It's just sort of serendipitous right. in a way. I can so relate to exactly. what you're speaking about because although it's not the only thing that I look for in a potential partner, but me coming from right. pro athlete life and college athlete life, like there is a certain, um, like just the amount of internal responsibility and a certain like sort of the athlete psyche, you know, of being able to sort of conceptualize and break down things, you know, um, and, and just succeed, Absolutely. I guess, to be able to sort of like, you know, just like that mindset, like the athlete's mindset. And not to mention, I'm, I'm still super active in, in my 30s, you know, and so uh, most people right. that I'm attracted to on a base level uh, have some sort of innate athletic ability just because I couldn't really date someone that, that doesn't have that. Right. And so, um, Absolutely. you know, I think one of the things that we, we've spoken about off air is that, you know, consistently when we're raised and kind of groomed as athletes and we play, you know, college athletics or, or you turn pro in some sport, um, it can be very myopic and it can be very self-centered, right? Because you're really focused on, you know, optimizing your health and nutrition, your sleep, your performance, your weights, like whatever sport you play that way, right? Um, and I think one of the things that I found when I date other athletes or when I've dated other athletes is, you know, sometimes there can be a lack of self-awareness or a lack of sort of emotional intelligence merely because it was never a, a sort of a requirement being an athlete, right? It was like, nope, like block the pain out, you know, succeed, you know, yeah. focus on the goal. And I'm curious, uh, is a person that, you know, has dated or is interested in dating other athletes, do you feel like... Um, things are changing in that realm that like athletes, you know, because obviously being, you know, a CEO of a, of a dating app specific, ta specifically tailored to athletes, maybe you have more of a inside view into this world. Like, do you, do you feel like younger, uh, you know, maybe older athletes, like retired pros or retired college athletes, um, or, or excuse me, not retired college athletes or, or past their, their college collegiate experience. Do you think there's like a more of an emotional intelligence in the dating realm there? Or is it really just depending on culture? Because, you know, I, I'm sure you know what I'm speaking to, right? Like athletes can be so single minded. And although the athletic part of them is attracted to me, sometimes it's like the emotional or the intellectual capacity might not be there, right? Absolutely. And I think, I think even like given when I think about my own personal history of dating, that I have dated tons of other athletes where I'm like, we're, we're either not on the same page emotionally, or there's just like a lack of emotional availability. And whether it be romantically, or even just on a base level, you're not ready to let somebody else in and kind of have share part of your life in that way. Um, and I think what's so interesting about playoff, and we kind of spoke about this off air too, is that it's so niche that 
you know, the more generic dating apps, there's always like some sort of an association with them. And I think with such a niche dating app, it's like, you have to be very intentional about what you're doing. You would only get on mm-hmm. a dating app that is specifically geared towards the type of person if you have such a better understanding of what you might be looking for and why, right? Like if you're on an app like Tinder or Hinge or where it's just so much more broad, um, I think for a lot of athletes, the responses that I've been getting is that it's very much so like searching for a needle in a haystack. And that immediately triggers in my mind that you had an idea of what you wanted and what you were looking for. And so your approach to dating in and of itself before you go too far deeper is that you're thinking about it. You're thoughtful about, you know, what might work for you. Probably, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but probably beyond just a hookup or one night or, or, you know, going out to have a good time, you know, you're probably thinking about, I mean, I know for me and I can only speak for myself is that when I was thinking about creating this and why I would want to have a former athlete as my partner in my life, I was thinking about how would they raise kids? How would they, Mm -hmm. you know, like solve problems and handle adversity? And, you know, how would they be able to get through a time of struggle? And like, how would they react to that? How would they be able to communicate and problem solve? And those are things that I guess as a 23, 24 year old, I definitely wasn't thinking about in regards to dating. But now my life has totally shifted. So I think that's definitely something that I'm seeing in a lot of our users and a lot of the responses that I'm getting is that it's just so much more intentional and thoughtful about the way you're going about it. And not to say that these yep. athletes aren't also on Tinder. It's right. al- It almost feels like you you could and should be on both because it's like, it's like, it's almost serving two different purposes in a way, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own desires and, and what they're looking for, but it is much more honed in and thoughtful in that way. No, I, I love that you speak about like evolution within your own personal sort of what you're looking for from your early twenties yeah. to, to now. Right. And I, I, I can completely echo those sentiments. I'm curious when we look at age ranges of dating apps, right? Like Tinder gets a, you know, a stigma, but I've had many friends that have actually met their their spouses through Tinder, right? And then Absolutely. Hinge gets a different stigma, but these dating apps seem to have like a, a little bit variance in in sort of general or the mean of, of the age, of the age user that uses mm-hmm. it. And, um, you know, Hinge seems to be a little bit older of a crowd, although, you know, people in their 18 to 23 in college still use it too. And then Tinder seems to be a little more younger as a generality because there's obviously every app has um, a bunch of different ages. But with, with Playoff, I know we spoke about how, you know, you primarily have funneled through current collegiate athletes because as you said that it's easier they're easier to find right you can see on their profile like number 10 plays at x y and z university you know point guard or shortstop or whatever right um but you brought up a great point it's that the necessity for older athletes that are past their collegiate experience maybe went pro maybe didn't but are still very athletic a lot of athletes still stay in great health and still you know play or, or at least like are still involved in some way right um but there's not really a community or there hasn't been a community um for those athletes to find and connect with other athletes because once you kind of lose touch with your prospective sport unless you turn pro you kind of lose a sense of that community right when you're in college playing oh, yeah playing d1 d2 d3 ball you're around a bunch of other athletes you know and you're in your 20s and everyone's you usually good looking and it's like you know but (laughs) what you're looking for is different right because you're probably not looking for like a potential partner to settle down with like you're saying like what are they going to be like as a parent like you know what are are they going to be able to admit they're wrong in a relationship right and so as these requirements as we age change and we look more for stability safety and emotional connectivity um do you envision playoffs sort of serving like the the late 
20s, you know, in the 30s to 40s to older age ranges of athletes that aren't necessarily playing currently? I definitely do. And I, I the reason I think that also is, and you kind of touched on it, is that I also think this other this other piece that not many, I guess I, I don't want to say not many people talk about it. They do. In the athlete community, they do talk about it. And I appreciate that because the other piece that is kind of required to speak about is that you leave sports at some point in your life, whatever, whether you're 50 when it happens or 25 when it happens, at some point it's over and you have this la- this identity piece, right? Like that you, you lose this, I- this part of your identity that is so important, that is probably the be all end all at that moment of your life. And everybody handles that differently. And some people feel like they do the work right away and get over it in six months. And all of a sudden they're in their accounting job and they're like, this is great. I go play basketball on the weekends and I do my thing, but I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Other people like you're 10 years in and you're like, who am I if I'm not Amanda, the basketball player, right? Like, what does that mean? Like, how do people view me? And I think there is a mutual respect for anybody who is going through that. And like, it speaks to exactly why playoff would be important for somebody and why it might be really helpful to meet somebody who has shared that experience. So I say that to say, yes, I think there can be a huge benefit for retired athletes, whether it's just a former college athlete or a retired professional. I think the market is like begging for that to happen. And like you said earlier, unfortunately, right now for me specifically, the current college athletes are the easiest ones to find and to market to and to you know, help them believe that this is going to be a game changer for them. Um, A former athlete is very difficult to find on social media because they don't all work at the same place or believe the same religion or go to the same bar or whatever. They're just much more difficult to hone in on. Um, So the current college athletes are definitely the ones who are kind of spearheading it. Um, But having said that, there's still thousands and thousands of over 24 year old, you know, uh, current or former athletes on, on the platform. So I think, when it gets to the point where I feel like it's starting to really reach its full potential, I think that is where the huge like life-changing moments will happen where we're going to be able to have, you know, in-person community events and networking mm-hmm. events and like really bring these people together in such a meaningful way, no matter what part of the world you live in, no matter what city you live in and um, what you like to do for fun. I just think there's such a commonality there that is being ignored by so many people or maybe it's yep. just the former athlete in me that feels like I'm not marketed to anymore and yep. that I, and that we're being ignored. But um, yeah, the, the goal is to create the resource for them, for sure. I, I love that. And I want to I want to touch on sort of the philo- philosophical parts of identity within athleticism, because, I mean, you're such a, a brilliant human being and having been uh, a collegiate athlete, you you understand this really well. Um, Simon Sinek, uh, who's an incredible thinker, he was on the Nike Train podcast a couple years ago, but I think okay. it was right when COVID kicked off. Just mind blowing to think that this has been already a couple years, right? right? But, couple but he talks ago. about... Right. He talks about the the idea within the athlete, because he works with a lot of pro, uh, retired and current pro athletes, about finding your why. And your why has to be different Mm -hmm. than your identity aligning with what you do as an athlete. And I struggled with this, uh, you know, with injuries uh, throughout my career. Um, You know, in college, you know, let's say everything's going well. You're at the peak of your, you know, athleticism, you know, and you're having a great time and, and you get starkly injured or a pro you get starkly injured right and you can't compete anymore let's say it's a a tragic accident most people have this like identity crisis because like they've pretty much lost their entire selves right and i find that i find that sort of 
mirrored in the dating culture is that almost like, you know, younger athletes, uh, you know, I, I certainly wasn't aware of that phenomenon when I was in my early twenties, you know, especially when I was like, my health was incredible and I didn't really suffer from any, you know, grave injuries. But then when you get older and I had a huge cycling crash in 2019 when I was uh, still pro, um, and it kind of changed my life. And I remember in that moment, mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like completely almost like absolved of worth. You know, I was like, my, my worthiness is right. gone because my ability to make money, my income, my identity as being this athlete who trains 40 to 45 hours a week is my job is completely gone. I could like sort of barely walk again. Now, obviously that's an extreme um, scenario, but I think for a mm-hmm. lot of athletes, they, they face that, you know, maybe some transition easier than others, but a lot of athletes face that. And I think it's like that sort of, uh, point is a is a huge delineation in the process of dating athletes because maybe athletes before then you know are dating in in that pool and athletes after that turning point are sort of dating in a different pool do you know what i mean because you're sort of your your consciousness of what being an athlete is is evolving right and how it sort of fits into your professional life as you come out of athleticism is evolving Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's so brilliant that you're considering in-person meetups because, you know, obviously whenever that, that is, you know, able to happen, uh, it just seems like such a great idea to me because you get people in the same area, you know, talking to each other, which is a lot different of an interaction than, you know, just swiping on an app, um, which I I don't believe I've heard very many of the big apps doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think. You know, it's interesting when you bring up the the kind of adversity that you face when you when you really hit a, a major injury or some sort of major roadblock. Um, when I was a senior in college, I tore my ACL and it was like just the most devastating thing ever. And when I think and, and so then I ended up doing it the same knee ACL again, like four years later while I was coaching and I was playing pickup with these girls. And I think when I really think about dating and, you know, the fact that I was a former athlete and how that kind of ties together, I look at those roadblocks, like such a source of power, like, like it was almost a good thing because there in my, in my experience, I can't think of anything else in life from, you know, being born to being 22 and graduating college that, that did that for me. Mm-hmm. And I say yeah. for me, cause it almost felt like a blessing. It yeah. almost, I mean, looking back, God knows at the time it most certainly did not feel like a blessing, but you know, once I was able to look back on it and, and think about there's nothing in life that gives you the highs and lows as a child, like as a child that's competing and you know, it's it just, to me, nothing is quite the same. And as that athletic experience, especially as you get into the higher levels where you can feel so high at one moment and literally seconds later, you can be as defeated as, as possible and, and mm-hmm. feel like you are worth nothing, like you said. And there's nothing, I believe, that is building that type of resiliency and grit quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's an argument for many other things, but it, in my experience, it has been so powerful to use my athletic career for good in that way, to be able mm-hmm. to grow and develop personally. Um, and that's why, you know, these in-person events, I think, are going to be so monumental because, I would never, everyone always like, oh, like a mingling event, like a dating thing. And I was like, I would never phrase it as a dating event ever, ever, ever come with your spouse, come with whoever you want. I think putting athletes in the same room is like, it just feels like the meeting of the minds. You know, it feels like all these people with such powerful, powerful perspectives and such intellect and like just such great experience, life experience to speak to 
it's going to like what I want to happen is going to happen on its own. I don't need mm-hmm. to be forcing dating or sex or meeting up or romanticism. Like I don't need to force that down anybody's throat. That happens yeah. with or without me and with or without playoff. As we mm-hmm. all know, that is how the world works. So it's, I think it's really cool to be able to just put these people in the same room and say, just talk to each other and, yeah. and share your experiences and see what happens. And maybe you find a business partner. Maybe you find somebody that you want to, you know, go running with on the weekends. Maybe you find somebody who's got pickup basketball games going in your area that you never knew about or whatever. Right. Um, maybe you, got, you get, get somebody to coach a camp with you or something that is just so specific to kind of who we are um, that feels innate. It's almost like, I wonder why those haven't happened already. <laughs> you know, why haven't I been to any of those? Right. No, I, I that totally. And, and I think that like, it almost sounds like playoff is outside of the dating app is a community you're building of sort of connectivity, right? right? Of, of resource building, uh, which I absolutely love that idea because it is quite hard to find other athletes, you know, outside of the, the internet. If you randomly find someone, you know, on a, on a social media account um, and right. connect with them on a deeper level, because it's very surface level. If you just like meet someone randomly via Instagram or via some, so, so if you meet them in person, it's a lot different of a absolutely. connection. I want to talk about the functionality of the app itself, right? Because you look at the difference, like let's say the top three apps like Bumble, Hinge, and Tinder, and they all function right. somewhat the same, but but they all have like different niche, like sort of functionality and user experience. And and one thing I can appreciate about Hinge is like the prompts that kind of just allow people to dig a little bit deeper, right? It's like, you know, what are your relationship, um, you know, top three things you're looking for a relationship or, you know, they have voice prompts and stuff like that. What what in your mind is sort of an app like developer in in your mind? Like what, what goes into your thought process of serving the community of athletes? Like how, how did you go about like, Oh, what do I need to include in people's profile building? So that way they can express themselves and show themselves to like the best way possible in like a, you know, five second, you know, news blast of a profile. Yeah. Yeah. It is. First of all, I think just dating apps in general, it's such an unfair representation of yourself, right? It's such, I mean, it's like, it's not doing any, any service to anybody, which is tough to, to acknowledge because I also was kind of out there wanting to change that. And so I thought, okay, I want to obviously the first thing for me was I wanted to make the learning curve incredibly small. So I wanted to make sure there was nothing too drastically different um, that was going to make it difficult to acclimate to or to figure out and ha- you had to read all these instructions or anything. So I wanted to make it generally speaking much like the other dating apps. And I also wanted to pull the pieces of the ones that I liked and that I thought were valuable um, into playoff. One of my least favorite things in the world is just blank writing a bio about yourself. Like, I- I'm like, what am I supposed to say here? Especially in regards to a dating app. Like, what how where do I even begin? Do I write what I do for a living? Do I write what I like to do? Do I write what I'm looking for? It just all feels very, very weird and uncomfortable. Um, so the prompts for me were huge. It's like, you don't even have to write a bio, just make sure you answer X amount of prompts. And all that, all those numbers were kind of based on feedback from users in terms of how much they wanted to see in somebody else's profile to make them feel to make them feel like that person was a legitimate athlete or like, they can really find out enough information about that person to be able to make a decision. So I think as of right now, you have to have at least four to five pictures, I believe. Um, and you know, you want to make also the, you know, the onboarding process easy. So you don't want to have them, you know, spend an hour and a half writing down their whole life story just to be able to get on the app. You want to get them using it right away, but you also want to give the other athletes, you know, the, the respect they deserve in terms of here's a legitimate person who's not just posting one picture and going on their way swiping. So uh, the prompts are huge. I wanted to make sure there was 
like almost equal amount prompts directly uh, associated with sports. So um, questions like what was your worst athletic injury? Um, what was your funniest, ex- most embarrassing moment in athletics? You know, are you still involved in athletics? If so, you know, what do you do? Things like that. But I also have have this kind of idea that athletes have these enormous egos. And so I never wanted to ask any questions or prompts about like their best achievement because mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody on here achieves stuff. Like you don't need to talk about how you were, you know, a two-time national champion or a SEC champion or whatever. Like you can talk about that in person, right? You don't like, this is not the space for that. This is the space for tell me about when you like slid into second base and accidentally broke your nose or like something that you can laugh about now that kind of makes you a real person kind of brings you back down to reality. Or, you know, I had a teammate who we were running, running lines on the basketball court and she sprained her ankle. And it was like, we just laugh about it now because there was nobody near you. It was just, you know, at the time it sucked, but Mm -hmm. just kind of a funny moment that you can look back on. Um, I wanted that to be the premise of, meeting somebody because nobody wants to be sitting across from somebody at a bar or at dinner or whatever and talking about how great they are and how all the cool things they've ever done and why they're so, you know, amazing. Um, it's like all that will come up, you know, let's start this on a, on a very, you know, fun, casual level. Um, and the feedback that I've gotten about that is that it's very, very important and that people love it. Um, it allows them to kind of put their guard down a little bit. So I think that's been really helpful specifically um, with those with those prompting questions. Yep. Do you find that more of the user base right now are is focused in the bigger cities because it's such a new app? And, um, you know, how are you envisioning going about like attracting newer athletes outside of like current, uh, you know, current collegiate athletes that, you know, you can hopefully find through social media because of their, their bios? Yeah, so... Right now, I would definitely say the major cities have the most dense populations um, of athletes in them. I also think smaller college towns. So a couple of years ago, I had um, one of my biggest kind of marketing tactics was trying to find all these college email addresses for current athletes, which was awesome. Um, but it also means like you were going to get a bunch of users on the app in like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which n- may not have been near a bigger city. So they're kind of only swiping through each other and then having a difficult time seeing anybody else. Um, So right now you have the option to set your radius for how far you want to look. And then once you get outside of that radius, playoffs just starts showing you people farther and farther away just for the pure entertainment value of swiping um, and kind of getting to know different people. I was super nervous about that years ago when we first launched playoff because I was like, nobody wants to see someone 3000 miles away. You know, if there's only 200 people on the app when we first launched, that's, that's going to be really difficult. And I always kind of bring it back to this story um, of my, my favorite couple that's ever met on playoff is still together. They've been together for four years now. And um, what she was a soccer player in Arizona. He was a football player in Texas. And then she transferred to New York and they stayed together. And it was just like, you know what? You don't have to like, you don't have to be standing in the same city to be able to respect what the other person has done and be able to connect. And I think, they were so willing to do the long distance thing. And obviously that is not what everybody needs to do or what you need to expect on playoff. But it was so nice to see that, you know, the athletic community is so small and there's always this kind of like six degrees of separation thing where Mm -hmm. I'm meeting people who had the same athletic trainer as I did 10 years in between because she was at a different school and whatever. Um, 
And he's like, oh, I had that same trainer. And so it just is a much more smaller community than we than I think we realize yep. sometimes. So the distance thing is a little bit more of an issue for some people than others. Um, and I try to kind of voice that as much as I can as we continue to grow. But the number one way I'd like to gain new users is in the in-person space. And so really getting events and, and those in, in-person events going is going to be amazing. And also like using other platforms like a LinkedIn or things that are more geared towards older people where obviously the demographic feels completely different. Um, The other thing, and this is more more, uh, associated with current athletes is that with the change of the NIL rules, I feel like there's just such an opportunity to not only be able to use current college athletes to help us market, but actually be able to give them the, the, you know, what they deserve, you know, to give them the money they deserve, whatever they need to be able to, um, you know, appreciate them and, and use their popularity and their social influence to be able to help. Yeah. Um, God knows before it was like, I did, I was too scared to ask anybody to post about it because you couldn't, you couldn't help them, you know? So that I think yep. is a huge game changer to really be able to, um, help, help these athletes in the way that they, you know, it's been a long time coming. So I think that's going to be a major, major game changer for us too. Completely agree. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think that, um, one of the things that stands out in my mind is as our sort of culture is changing with COVID with people, more people working remotely and kind of being fluid and where they work, you know, after graduating and it's mm-hmm. just, it's been a huge, huge sort of like exodus from in-person working in an office for a lot of people, not everyone. Oh, yeah. um, but that has also changed dating because, you know, if you meet someone, you both work remotely and, you know, you're both living in big cities and it's not really your vibe anymore. Well, potentially if you, you know, fly out and meet and hang out, you could potentially go somewhere else and work from somewhere else, which I think yeah. the avenues of opportunity have opened and changed a bit. So I could see a person from Arizona connecting with someone from Texas. And if they both, you know, have the lives and work remotely, they could potentially, you know, work that out in a way where they didn't have to stay so long distance and weren't so tied down to physical right. locations because of their job. So that's, that's another thing that's changing with our current culture because of COVID um, and because of the pandemic, which which I think is is probably a good thing that has arisen from the pandemic. Uh, there's been a lot of I not agree. great things, but it's pretty awesome because right. we, we could have been working remotely 10, 20 years ago with our technology, but we've been so stuck in dogmatic and, and sort of archaic ways of, of Western thinking that now we're sort of, yes. companies are having to let go a little bit, like organizations, because people are like, I'm not going to work unless I can work from home and hang out with my dogs all day. Like I'm, I'm just as productive, right. you know? So, <laughs> yeah. And I also think, you know, I also think, you know, COVID obviously taught us that, that working from home is a possibility and things like that. I also think it helps people kind of realize that, and maybe not this moment of like, Oh my God, the world is ending, but this had this idea of like, am I really doing what I want to do? Am I really in the space that I want to be in? Do I want a change of scenery? Do I need a change of scenery? Is that going to help me? Do I want to go on a solo road trip for two weeks? Do I want to, and obviously not everybody has the, the ability to, to do those things, but, but I think the, the thought started creeping in for a lot more people that was like, I mean, families were uprooting themselves and moving to different States because they just couldn't, you know, they wanted to change the scenery. They couldn't handle what was going on where they were. And I think it just made people be a little bit more thoughtful about, am I living the life I really want to live? Is this, or, or would I like a change? Could I handle a change? And I think those thoughts especially when it comes to dating, leaves you so much more open-minded. It leaves you so much more open to the possibility of 
I would have no problem meeting somebody on the East Coast right now in a, in a romantic way. And I live in Los Angeles. To me, right. I just, and, and trust me, I know that's not for everybody, but I just feel like I would never want that to be the, the prohibiting factor, you know, for not allowing this to happen. You know, and I think that kind of also goes back to my athletic mindset where it's like, find a way to make it happen. If this person yeah. is someone you want to, you know, have some more experiences with, then let's, let's do it. You know? So I think that is a cool shift in perspective for a lot of people with, with the pandemic also. I think that's such an entrepreneurial mindset to dating though, too, because I, I have the same, you know, having, having had the relationships I had and, and learned and grown so much from the, those loving relationships and also been dating for a bit now too, while I'm single, it's like, uh, I realize how unique a person has to be to sort of, uh, be able to like, having a sort of emotional intelligence level, well-being, an, an mm-hmm. athlete or athletic, well, like being able to pursue their own dreams and having their own life, you know, and, and having that sort of own self-inspiration right. that really is attractive to me. And that person might not be living, probably won't be living in the same town I am, might not be living in the same state yeah, I am. Yeah, like what so are like, the odds? Yeah, exactly. my, my radius, my sort of internal radius has almost expanded just like the dating apps have because it's just like I'm open to possibilities more so than confining myself, you know, to um, right. some sort of geographic area because it's just easier, which I totally understand. I, I get that too. Um, but I just think given, my, I guess, my circumstance, I'm so much more open to even someone that doesn't live in this country because it's just like, you know, there's, we only, we only meet X amount of people a day, you know, especially if you're like working right. from home, you know what I mean? And if you're, and the older you get, exactly. I think the smaller the communities are because you're not in school, you're, you're not going to, you know, I don't drink anymore. So I don't really go to bars, you know? So unless it's like a music right. venue or a book, you know, or like a library or something like that, I'm probably not going to meet someone in person unless I walk exactly. down the street, start a conversation. You know what I mean? So it's just, I think as you open up um, your sort of pool of possibilities, I think that that's sort of incredible that I feel like apps like this are kind of accommodating that for, for athletes. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, knowing that, meeting somebody digitally has become socially acceptable. It's like, then why would I limit meeting somebody within five miles of me? You know, if if it's okay to meet somebody digitally, why am I only meeting somebody who I can, you know, throw a tennis ball at right now? That's not, it doesn't, you know, and and again, it's not for everybody, but you're right. I think it, it is, I have definitely shifted that perspective over the last, you know, three to five years. It has changed completely. So, and maybe that's like a, just a self-development thing. Maybe that's as the years go by, you realize you're not trying to limit the dating pool. (laughs) You know, that's probably not a good idea. Yep, certainly. So how does the like vetting process look? I think a lot of people would probably be curious on, you know, cause, cause it's a niche app, right? There's like, it, it, it kind of mm-hmm. sort of reminds me of, um, is it called Raya? It's like, uh, it's yes. like the, yeah. yeah. So the other dating app where you have to be invited and, you know, it's sort of this like status app. Now, uh, playoff isn't, isn't in that sense, like a status app, but you have to at least have some sort of proof, right? That you played at least a season or a year past high school. How do you go about vetting athletes like to make it streamlined? So it doesn't take like, you know, a week. Yeah. Yeah. So as of right now, I think the longest it ever took somebody was, I think two to three days. And that was in, um, that was, a, I think it was about a year ago when I had somebody amazing post about playoff and there was this huge influx of users. And I was like, all right, we got to get going. We got to get verifying these people. And right now, um, everyone's verified manually. Um, and there is a process with, you know, a goal in place to be able to implement facial recognition and things like, you know, to automate it and streamline it much more. Um, so that's definitely part of the goals for the future. As of right now, everybody gets on the platform and has to submit a link to their athletic bio 
um, which is really anything on the internet that proves that you played beyond the high school level, whether it's a college roster, a bio page, a stat sheet, a picture of what, you know, an action shot. Um, And then you also have to submit a selfie giving us a thumbs up just to prove that you are, in fact, who you say you are, you are the person that is uploading these pictures into the profile um, and things like that. So it's really just about kind of matching the information and making sure that the birthday in the bio is the same birthday as the person and, you know, their email checks out and, you know, things like that. So it right now it is tedious in the sense that, you know, I I wish it could be automated. And I think that's going to be a fantastic goal for us. I also don't love the fact, um, like even, you know, like Raya has kind of like a waiting list and that's part of the selling point and that's part of what makes it, you know, what's so cool and so sought after. Um, I don't, I don't particularly love that idea. Um, I, I don't, I think at the end of the day, it's not about stat. I always try to kind of reinforce that it's not about the status of athletes and more just about that shared experience where yeah. society is going to decide what they think athletes are, right? Like right. society has already kind of decided that they think athletes are popular and powerful and, you know, obviously they're, they're very revered and, and that's great. But I don't want to kind of play into that fact where it's like, oh, don't you want to be on playoff that you would wait two months to get your account verified? And it's like, that's not really what I want to do. I want it to yep. be like, you're one of us. Jump on and let's let's do it. So um, the other part about playoff is that even if you're not verified, if you complete the profile setup process, you can still sw- start swiping. So you still you're not waiting for anything to be able to use the app. You are only waiting inter- like you're not being shown to anybody until you're verified. So you can still swipe and still get matches. The matches just wouldn't come until you're verified and they see, those other people see you, if that makes sense. Yep, totally makes sense. Um, so what what is the like trajectory of holding these in-person events? If you can even talk about this, I don't know if it's like so still under wraps because you're developing it, but I'm really curious and like, what's your vision with this? Like, will you hold your first one yeah. in LA? Will you send out sort of, you know, invites to all the profiles on playoff and you promote it via social media? Like, how are you going to sort of, you know, um, spearhead this this idea of yours yeah so i've always kind of imagined that the first one would have to be in la just because that's where it's comfortable for me but having said that like a week ago i um got on the phone with a new intern that's joining joining the team and and kind of helping from the partnerships you know community outreach uh perspective and she is fantastic and she is in she's a former water water polo player and she is in colorado springs and obviously that's a, a major hub for athletes in terms of having the olympic training center there and everything and and she's like i just feel like there's so much opportunity here and it's close enough to denver being a major city um and i was like let's do it like are we really gonna consider this you know so she is, just jumped on board literally a number of days ago um and we are going to try um, either Southern California or the Denver, Colorado Springs area. And hopefully, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but hopefully, fingers crossed, get something going by this summer um, and really be able to um, kind of spearhead it in that way that it's like, get re- like, this is going to be so awesome. Get ready for much more of these and, you know, many more of these in different cities across America to start and then hopefully beyond. Um, whether it's at any, any sort of major outdoor area, it would be, you know, I think comfortable for people, whether it's a big brewery that's got a big outdoor area and, and, you know, or, um, or any sort of a park or something like that, where you can kind of bring these people together. I also would love to give an opportunity to other former athletes that I know that are 
doing things, whether it be providing a product or a service that is geared towards athletes. I feel like I have a lot of, you know, friends that I've met in this space while trying to promote playoff who have other businesses that are directly geared towards current or former athletes and trying to kind of, whether it's an identity, identity piece, mental health piece, you know, health and wellness, all kinds of really cool things. And I'd love to get those people all together too, to be able to like share these products with these, with these athletes that show up. You know, I think it can kind of really be a win-win for so many people um, who are doing major things in the athlete community that I think um, mm. social media is amazing. But like you said, there's just something about being in the same you know vicinity as somebody, whether yeah. it be trying to sell a product or trying to meet somebody that I think is just like, so feels so much different. No, 100% too. And you can't, I mean, even via phone conversation or video conversation, you can't really get someone's full vibe and their energy and pick right. up on, on social cues as you can when you're in person. So that's, that's a huge thing. And right. I got to uh, echo the sentiment about Denver just because it's, it's sort of so centrally located too. So like it's a major exactly. airport, it's more in the middle of the country. So people from the East coast and West coast could fly. Although I yeah. love Southern California, obviously, but this is so you're cool. Right. I mean, count me in if it works on my schedule i would totally i would totally jump on board it seems like a an awesome, awesome. opportunity to, to network too um so as far as um current users on the app uh, i know we spoke about this offline a little bit but uh right now it's is it more like 18 to 22 like current college is is that like you know 60 70 percent of users or is it really rant is it really sort of more sporadic and there's more people older right now currently yeah it's de it's definitely pretty sporadic, but I would whenever yeah. I would say our sweet spot right now is between like twenty and twenty six. So it's actually okay. kind of a mixture of that older college, you know, juniors and seniors to those freshly retired. Um, and that also may be a product of the fact that playoff is four years old now. So a lot of those current athletes at the time are now former um, mm. and are kind of there's a ton of freshly freshly retired college athletes or, you know, fresh out of college athletes that are jumping on. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting sweet spot, but I think, um, that also, and like we talked about earlier may trend to start, you know, kind of getting older, um, as we move forward. But, mm -hmm. uh, the, the current athletes that are finding out about it, I, I somehow think they're, um, more of the older, like I said, juniors and seniors in the college world, which is kind of funny. Um, mm. Tons of 18-year-olds too, but I think that 20 to 26, 27 is definitely the sweet spot right now. Gotcha. So the other dating apps or, or a lot of dating apps offer this like sort of paid, like higher tiered level, you know, uh, sort of platform, right? If you pay 20, 30, 40 bucks a right. month, something like that, you, you get like a gold membership or a premium membership, right? And you can change different attributes. Um, does Playoff offer that? And if so, like what what are the offerings in that? And how did you come up with with picking, selecting those things? Yeah, so there is a premium subscription that's available and it is $7.99 a month. Um, and that honestly, like the, the, the price came about from just reading the market. And this was, like I said, four years ago when we launched. And since then, like you said, those prices have jumped to like $20, $30, $40 a month, which is seems astronomical to me. I'm also right. someone who's, I've been on dating apps for many years and I've never paid for anything. So mm. I think the large majority of this demographic on dating apps do not pay and that's fine. But God, I'm like, what could you possibly be giving me other than a guaranteed husband for 40 bucks a month? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute. So playoff has not raised any of the prices and I don't really plan on it. Um, mm. I think for, I think for eight bucks a month, 
the features that you're getting are um, right now you are able to see a full list of who has already liked you. And that I think was really the game changer for us in terms of that's when we really started to see some revenue because people really value that. Um, so you can see who, who's already liked you. You can also see a full list of who you, so right now you either play somebody or bench them, which is mm-hmm. obviously liking and unliking them. So mm-hmm. you can see a full list of who you've previously benched if you want to go back and, you know, find somebody and go back and like them or, um, and then you have the ability to search specifically based on, uh, s- sport and school. So right now on the free version, you're searching through, you, you can adjust the age range, the, and the radius, um, uh, and like, you know, the, within the city that you're in, um, and the gender and in the premium version, you're able to say, okay, only show me UCLA alumni or only show me track athletes or things like that. So you can get a little mm-hmm. more specific. Um, and then you can also change your location. So if I wanted to search for all the athletes in New York, I could just type that in and I could kind of teleport myself there and see what's going on there. So, mm. um, yeah, there's like, I would say there's some, some really cool features, but most yep. certainly nothing that is like going to change your life. And yep. I think generally speaking that that is how most dating apps do it. And mm. I think they, just, they, they recently have just put a different value on that. And I think there are, and I think it also plays into this idea that you might be looking to attract an older demographic. If you right. are charging somebody 40 bucks a month, it's pretty doubtful that somebody who's 18 to 22 is going to be paying that to be finding, to try to find their forever person. Right. I think it's not as likely. So um, yeah, traditionally um, through all the research I've done, it's like less than 2% of dating app users will pay for the premium version. And obviously with Tinder and Hinge and Bumble having millions of users, they're not short any money. You know, they're still making tons of revenue, but um Right now with Playoff, I guess because of what we're offering in the premium version, I think we're at like four or five percent of users subscribing to premium. So okay. I think it's I think it's really cool. I also would love to kind of have somehow incorporate some some sort of added benefit at an in-person event if you sign up for it or things like that. Things where you can get like a tangible benefit, right? Yep. I don't want it to just be some arbitrary like you can search from anywhere you want. And it's like, that's cool. But do I really need to be paying for that? You know, so I want, I really try to put myself in those shoes because I've never paid before that. It's like, what sounds enticing to you? You know, so hopefully um, we can kind of create that good experience for people. Yeah, no, I love that you're still considering the non-paid people because that's still the majority of users because I think so many of the dating apps focus so much on the revenue because of the premium subscriptions that they sort of the the functionality and even like the the percentage of match of matches you get is is severely decreased unless you buy in, you know, because they're sort of trying to say like, hey, you got to buy this because it's just the app's just not going to function as well. Um, Since you've been in this game for four years now. And, you know, really in the past 10 years, uh, you know, Tinder and these other dating apps have really changed the way we relate to one another. You know, I, I even see people, you know, less inclined to go up to someone on the street and say, hey, like, would you love oh, yeah. to get some coffee or can I buy you dinner or something like that? And, and more so like just get a photo, like a visual photo of that person, go look for them on a dating app after and try to find them you know, <laughs> right. to set up a date. And I'm like, I, I still, you know, being a relationship and sort of life coach now and, and getting my second master's in therapy, like I really encourage people to still go up and and engage because that's what a relationship takes yes. to engage and to learn and to grow. But being in this game for four years, where do you see 
dating apps evolving? Like, what do you what do you see besides the in-person events, which which I think this is the first time I've heard about a dating app really hosting something in person. Do you see like the functionality of apps? Do you see more video? Do you see more like sort of live chatting happening? Like, what, what right. do you see evolution-wise? I, I feel like I have this very weird um, bias and kind of like, like I'm just so careful in that area because yes, I think there is so much space for it to grow. And I think there are endless possibilities of how you can kind of reach people. Um, but as the, as the person who founded the app and who has to, I, I didn't really realize this until right when we launched and all the thing you, things you have to like kind of logistically and legally take care of. I'm like, I'm too afraid to put a video chat option. I'm like, what kind of liability is that? That's going to create so like, that's scary to me. And not that I don't think it could be incredibly innovative and so cool. I just, as the, as the person who is like, you know, legally in charge of what happens to the people on the app, I think that part is a little bit terrifying to me, especially because as somebody who's used more generic, generic dating apps, I've also been on the, on the receiving end of messages I did not want to receive, you know, and so that in terms of having it video and like unedited and unfiltered, um, and where nobody can really, you know, the app can't really stop anything from happening before it happens. Right. That part is a little scary to me. So I mm -hmm. think I have, um, a little bit of a strange perspective there because now I feel like I try to play it so safe when really I'm like, God, the idea of meeting somebody face to face without physically having to be there would be so cool. I just think if there's a way to do that in a safe way or in a way, I guess you can't guarantee safety, but in a way sure. that you can to the best of our ability, be able to guarantee safety and comfort. I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, I err on the side of caution now. In in, I really don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Um, and that I think is is limiting, but hopefully not to the point where I'm doing a disservice to the evolution of playoff. Because I think there are so many amazing things that can happen. Um, but it, it's just it's hard to to feel like you're responsible for the experience of everybody on the platform. What's that? That totally makes sense to me. I, I, I never have thought about it from a developer's perspective or from an owner's right. pr perspective, but it probably, you know, uh, Tinder and, and um, I think maybe Bumble does a video chat now, but but it's it was a recent installment. I think even during COVID is when they started to. And mm -hmm. so they must have done a ton of research and a ton of legal writing with their lawyers mm -hmm. to sort of work in some protections Definitely. for the company, as well as some safety interventions, like some preemptive interventions for the users too. Right. You know, I'm sure still, you know, um, things happen that are that are not you know healthy but i i totally understand that now that you say it because it's almost like well if you want to see someone just you know hopefully chat and get their number and then you can you know facetime them or something if you really right. want to get to them that way versus yeah. have it integrated through the app right and i think you know right now playoff is is relatively young i'm funding it completely myself so if i if, if playoff got to the point where we had a legal team and we could pay, we, we could kind of fund that kind of, you know, operation where you can take that healthy risk, right? You can take the risk and make sure that you are protecting everybody at the same time, but you also have enough, have enough kind of funding and manpower to be able to handle the problems that do arise, you know, because yes. make no mistake, Bumble has, I'm sure done it in the safest way possible, but there are definitely people calling with complaints, you know what I mean? And, and, oh, for sure. you know, who are raising awareness for, for bad things that have happened, but they're just in a place financially where they can take care of those things and make people feel safe again and, and you know, and, and take care of the customers. And I would just want to make sure playoff is in that position too, before 
you know, jumping off that cliff. (laughs) Most definitely. Um, So as we sort of end here, I'm really curious on what some of the feedback you've gotten back from current uh, athlete or current people that are using it that are, you know, were are athletes currently or, or were or retired athletes in some form or fashion. Are there's like some top three feedbacks you get from, from people reaching out, talking about their experience with the app and, 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 you know, how they're happy that it exists. Yeah. I think for me, one of the, one of the most exciting things I hear is from, and I, we talked about this a little bit, you know, the last time we spoke was about how current athletes say to me, well, I, I'll reach out to them and say, Hey, I've got this app. You should check it out, whatever. And the overwhelming response is, well, I don't use dating apps, but I'll definitely use this one. Like, this is really cool. It's designed and engineered specifically for me. And you're reaching out to me because of my experience as an athlete. So I will definitely check it out as opposed to just kind of e-blasting everybody you've ever met in your life and saying, get on this dating app. I think they know that there's something, they, they have a level of pride and ownership in the app because it's specifically geared for them. Um, the other thing, the other piece of feedback that I get very, very often is that they are okay with meeting people, you know, potentially hundreds of miles away. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's really nice. Um, I, that was a a big fear for me as somebody who was putting it out into the world and not feeling confident that there were enough people on there. Now, having said that, I also still get quite a bit of feedback about how people can't wait until there's more users, you know, so they are saying it in the nicest way possible, but I know there's not enough people on there for everyone to have the best experience ever. You know, you want to be able to be swiping endlessly for as long as you possibly want and not, you know, running out of people to swipe through. So um, for just as many people who are willing to meet up with, with others that are farther away, there's people who are, you know, giving me the feedback of, Hey, this is so cool. I cannot wait until I have more people to swipe through because it's just such a great idea. So to me, that speaks to the idea of the app and less about, you know, what we've done to get it from point A to point B to where it is now. It's like, with the proper amount of funding and with the proper amount of, you know, manpower and and people behind us to be able to, you know, really run this operation, I just think the possibilities are endless. You know, the goal for me is to have playoff become a household name among every athlete in the world to know in the same way that almost every single person has has at least heard of Tinder. um, I want athletes to be able to associate and feel loyalty towards the playoff name because like we discussed earlier, the goal is for it to, to not only revolve around dating, you know, so for yeah. to have it be a, a company that athletes can go to um, that where they think this company really has our back, you know, and that's you know, really what I'm looking for. That That is such a cool idea because it even, you know, sparked in my mind, like when I travel, sometimes I just want someone to like work out with. You know, like, like, yeah. like someone that's like a high level athlete that I can like, whether it's male or female totally. to go to the gym with or get outside with that can keep that we can, you know, have a good conversation, share a cup of coffee. And uh, I could totally see this fill in that niche because, you know, I know Bumble has like a swipe for friends or swipe for professionalism, but it, it's, it d- doesn't delineate like playoff does with like a, a sort of a high level athlete in that way, right. you know, and I think that that's, there's something inherently powerful about that because, you know, even for instance, if I, when I was running pro and I was in France or Switzerland and I was there for a long time and, you know, a lot of people I knew weren't there yet, they were training in other places. Right. It would be great to like swipe the locals that are also on high, like, you know, high level athletes and be like, Hey, would you want to go just get a workout in or go get a cup of coffee? And it doesn't have to be yeah. something where it's romantic. It could be completely platonic, you know, but it, it helps you build that community. Yeah. And I think to your point, just about, you know, our athletic experience and the history of kind of what we've been through, you reaching out to somebody on Bumble BFF or some other platonic kind of networking area, a networking networking site 
is like the idea of your workout and my workout might not be the same. And there might not be any consistency in terms of like what we're looking to accomplish, what like me going for a hike may not be you going for a hike on, on this right. app, you know, on the, on these other apps, you know? So, and I'm not saying everybody on playoff is exactly on the same wavelength, but you right. can kind of gather that there's uh you know, a little bit different of a mindset that kind of brings you together. There's a little bit of commonality there um, to where you can speak to that experience a little bit better. Certainly. So if people want to find you and find playoff the app, uh, where do they go on social media? Um, how are they, where, where can they download the app? Is it available on iOS and on Android? So t- talk to us about it. Yeah, yeah. Playoff is available on iOS and on the Google Play Store for Android. Um, you can literally just type in playoff dating app and it will pop up. Um, our little turquoise whistle logo will be right there for you. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at playoff dating app. Um, I would love to hear any DMs, feedback from anybody. Um, I respond to anybody and everybody. So um, please reach out to us. One of my favorite things, honestly, about creating this has been the amount of people like you, Nico, that I've met in this process and have been able to connect with. So that selfishly for me is what really fills my glass. So please reach out. Um, tell me you love it. Tell me you hate it. I don't care. We'll just talk about it. Um, so yeah, you can also reach me personally if you feel the need to um, at Amanda at playoffdatingapp.com via email. So I'm happy to talk to any and all of you. <laughs> I have a feeling that the app's going to get big enough where you probably won't be able to give out your personal work email. But uh, <laughs> as of now, you guys have heard it here. So um, reach out to Amanda if you have if you want to connect. And Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing with with myself and my uh, listener base about what Playoffs about. And I, I'm I'm super inspired about what you're doing because it, there's a huge you know call for it for sure. Um, just just having so many friends that are current or retired athletes. Like, how do you meet other athletes? How do you connect? And this is certainly a part part of solving that, uh, that problem and, and meeting that need. So thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. I had such a good time talking to you. I feel like this is really the kind of thing that, that keeps me going. So I really appreciate the support of the idea and of what I'm trying to do. I, I can't thank you enough. You bet. And I would love to have you back on uh, once you have one of these in-person events and we can kind of chat and recap it and how did it go and, and you know what have you learned from it and how is it going to evolve? Yeah. Absolutely. And hopefully you can speak to how it went too, because you'll be there. (laughs) I, I, I would love to. I really want to ask all of you listeners out there, if you could take a couple seconds, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star written review that really helps get the podcast in more eyes and more ears. Um, and just really helps podcasts grow in, in, every aspect possible. So um, I would really appreciate it if you could pause it, go leave us a five-star written review on Apple, subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts and turn notifications on so you get notified whenever we launch a new episode.